I feel really spitty tonight. Okay. I think I said styrofoam. <laughs> and I came home with him from camp for a day when he drove me home to Peoria. Oh, that's blobberly gop. Um. <laughs> From Boogie Land Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, The Baby of the Family. My husband Randy is the baby of his family, number five of five kids. He is nine years younger than his older sister and five years younger than his brother, who is kid number four. So yes, my mother-in-law Ruth had four babies very close to each other. One, two, three, four. And then, surprise, five years later, baby number five. Three girls and two boys. The first person I met from Randy's family was his sister, Rhonda. She was my cabin counselor at the camp where Randy and I first began to spend time together. I didn't know she was Randy's sister. I'm glad I didn't. I would have been too nervous around her. I really don't remember much about her from that year, other than she was nice and pretty much let us do whatever we wanted. We were mostly all good girls and didn't cause any trouble. I got to know her much better after Randy and I were married. Rhonda is generous and kind, lots of fun to be around. Unless you're trying to watch a movie, she will talk all the way through that movie. She lived with us the year before Grace was born. This is when our family established popcorn and movie night on Friday nights with Aunt Rhonda. Randy and I were leading a young adult group that met every Friday night, so Aunt Rhonda watched Aaron and Hannah. Popcorn and movie tonight. Popcorn and movie tonight. Popcorn and movie if you ever loved a movie. Popcorn and movie tonight. The girl's favorite night. When she moved into her own home, she would host Cousin Night with all the cousins. My girls have some fond memories of those nights sleeping in the basement and watching the TV show Space Cases. Space Cases. I I don't remember how it goes. Something like that. They watched it. I didn't. Most of the cousins on Randy's side of the family are much older than my girls, but it was still lots of fun. I also met Randy's oldest sister, Renea, at the same camp. She was teaching a drama class, and I was in her class. Again, I did not know she was Randy's sister until well into the camp, when Randy and I were standing together up by all the cabins. When the bell rang, signifying time to go to your cabins, Randy and I dilly-dallied a little and did not hurry off to our cabins. We were talking away, squeezing out the last minutes of the night before we ran into our cabins right on time. Not a little late. When Renea walks by, Randy, you need to get to your cabin right now. Who's that, I say. He replies, oh, it's my sister. I would never let my sister talk to me like that. 
He's chill about it. Yeah, she's a lot older than me and basically my second mother. See ya. He was completely nonpulsed by the whole thing. I was indignant and maybe looked at my drama class instructor a little bit suspect for the rest of the camp. I'm pretty sure she didn't know it was me standing in the dark keeping her little brother out late. The little tramp. She was a little intimidating at first, you know, those firstborn children. Of course, when I really got to know Renea, I learned to appreciate how much she cared for that little brother, that she had a big heart, and I was probably going to be safe. I did not meet her husband, Paul, until the day before Randy and I were married, which is not a good time to meet anyone new, so it would take me a few years to get to know Paul and his strange and wonderful humor. When I met his sister Robin, she was going through a very difficult time in her life and was a little preoccupied. I think I met her only a few weeks before Randy and I were married, when I came to see him in Chicago. I even babysat their children while I was there, Michelle, Justin, and Megan. That was a quick way to get to know these three. So it was a little later that I got to know the true joy-filled Robin, a person with a huge capacity to love everyone around her. I would like to say right now how grateful I am for these three amazing women, for their friendship and the way they, without question, accepted me into their family. They, along with their equally amazing mother, taught Randy a real respect for women, preparing him to be a great girl dad. Randy likes to say they kept him humble, too, so... I can thank them for that as well. But we can't leave out his brother, Bobby. I met Bobby and his wife, Rhonda, a little before the wedding as well. They took us out for dinner, specifically to meet me. I was so very nervous. But there really was no reason to be nervous. They were both happy to meet me. Rhonda gave me some good-natured warnings about Randy's housekeeping skills and advised me to make sure I got a good engagement ring out of him. Bobby gave Randy a condom. After the dinner, Rhonda sent me a very kind letter welcoming me to the family. So now I had met everyone. I met his parents that summer we decided that this thing we had might become a more serious thing. I came home with him from camp for a few days, and then he drove me home to Peoria. They were a little taken aback. Who is this girl, and why have we never heard about her before? Yeah, why had they never heard about me? Okay, to be fair, my parents didn't know about Randy either. The first time I ate dinner at his house with his family, I started to help clean up the dishes as I was about to start loading up the dishwasher, Randy's dad takes the glass out of my hand and says, you don't want to do that. Okay. I quickly learned that only he loads the dishwasher. Nobody else does it right. A trait that he may have passed on to his son. A lesson I forgot about this very Thanksgiving though. I wasn't even putting the dishes in the dishwasher. I was only rinsing them off. But he has a system, and I was messing it up. Other early interactions I had with his dad 
were a few times I called his house, and his dad would answer. If his goal was to terrify me into never calling again, he did a good job. He definitely can be a real crebunchin, and he will never let an opportunity to give you a hard time go by. But I have learned over the years that his bark is worse than his bite. So don't tell him, but we all know he's a bit of a softy. And he pretty much gives me credit for keeping Randy in line, so you can't get a better father-in-law than that. Randy's mother was the kind of person you found yourself bearing your whole soul to. I'm pretty sure I told her things one should never tell your mother-in-law, but she was so easy to talk to and made you feel like she was personally delivering God's grace to you. Although she could also give you a good talking to as well, Randy speaks about his mother's snap. If he was misbehaving, all she would have to do was give him a look and that snap. That whole mother-in-law thing about hating your daughter-in-law and no one is good enough for my son storyline did not play out here. She actually threatened her own son bodily harm if he ever hurt me. So that should have given me a clue into the character of this strong woman who was outspoken about women's rights and caring for the outcast of our world. Don't get me wrong, though. She was immensely proud of Randy, her baby. One of the things I loved about her was how she took great joy in watching my father-in-law get his. Like many grandpas over the years, he loved to give his grandkids a hard time about, well, about anything. He might say something snarky or sarcastic to one of the girls, and if they came back with an equally snarky or sarcastic response, she would laugh, serves you right, she'd say. She had a great laugh, along with a wonderful sense of humor. Oh, just for fun, I'm going to share some of her more famous sayings. Like, don't eat with your hat on. When you eat with your hat on, food goes to your head. Do you want a fat head? Or, if you hit your mother, when you die, your hand will stick out of the grave and dogs will come and pee on it. <laughs> or here's my personal favorite. If you wear red shoes, you're just advertising that you don't wear panties. <laughs> I mean, those are wonderful, right? Whenever it came time to leave after a visit, Randy's dad would have a bag for us to take home. Always with magazines, sometimes other little things he thought we could use. And when the girls were little, he often put things in that could be used for crafting purposes which was great most of the time, except when he gave me styrofoam. The girls never actually crafted with it. They would break it up into tiny pieces. It was a mess. So I told him I appreciated the thought, but please do not give me styrofoam. But when he continued to give me styrofoam for years, no matter how many times I told him not to give it to me, there it was in the bag. One year, Grace decided to make something special for her grandfather with the hated styrofoam. 
She made him a giant dog of styrofoam for Christmas. When he opened it, he only gave me a sideways look, but oh, Grandma, she got the biggest kick out of that present. She laughed and laughed and said it again. It serves you right. We lost her a few years ago after a long battle with dementia. It was hard watching this strong, colorful, wonderful person slip away. She is missed very much. Spending time with his whole family is a ruckus affair. Everyone talking loudly, often more than two or three conversations happening at the same time. And they don't let Randy forget that he is the baby. Bringing up the first song he sang in public, I'm a Christian cowboy standing up on a chair in his little cowboy outfit. Although the favorite story is about when he set the house on fire, which was only the curtains, but it sounds more exciting when you say he set the house on fire. The story goes that one of his sisters was going on a date with her boyfriend. Randy simply wanted to set the mood for the evening, so he began to light candles in the living room. One of the candles was sitting in front of an arrangement of dried flowers, which quickly ignited and moved to the curtains right behind the arrangement. The boyfriend had the presence of mind to pull the curtains down and stamp out the fire, but not before it burnt a hole in the carpet. His parents were not home at the time, so it fell to Renea, the oldest, to make the phone call. Dad, first of all, we're all okay. But there's been a fire. Randy defends himself. I was just trying to set a romantic mood, and really, how smart was it to put a candle in a dry flower arrangement? Now, everyone has their own version of every story. One of my girls' favorite times with the family happened recently. Over the years, they have spent the most time with Aunt Rhonda and have heard many of her stories. But at a recent family gathering with all three of the sisters gathered together, some of those same stories were told by Aunt Renea and Aunt Robin. It was great fun hearing Aunt Rhonda's stories coming from different perspectives. They enjoyed watching the interaction of their three aunts. Who knew Aunt Rhonda was such a goody two-shoes? And of course, they loved the stories about their dad, because dad never remembers anything. We are shaped so much by the family we grow up with, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But there is simply an abundance of good when it comes to Randy's family. So today I am here with one of my favorite people, Randy's sister, Rhonda. So Rhonda, thank you for joining me. Sure. You were the first person that I met out of Randy's family. Well, I was going to say it's it's hard to believe, but I guess it would be since probably I was at uh, CMI the same year that you and Randy met. I feel like you were my counselor, actually, for a couple of those camps, not just that one year. Renee and I were counselors together at CBLI one year, and I thought you were in the cabin that year, too. Well, you know, it could have been, but I don't really remember completely. So 
Well, they run together, CMI and CBLI. Yeah, he went to a couple of those. So I know that I didn't know you were Randy's sister for a long time until you were like, well, you know, I was like your counselor at that camp. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a good year for me. It's the year I started dating my hubby at 14. <laughs> yes, and I would have been 20. So young. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of surprised our engagement on everybody, but maybe you were a little more in the know than everybody else because you'd been at camps with us. I'm still trying to remember if you were already, I don't know if the word is out (laughs) to mom and dad, (laughs) um, the year you drove me to Congress. I don't remember doing that. Did we drive you to Congress? You did. And you two were in the front and I was in the back seat and you played musical games the whole way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think now that you say that, I think we were already engaged at that point. Okay. Yes, I know you still bring that car ride up because we were a little silly. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah. And it actually makes me, when I see Aaron and Bennett together and some of the fun stuff they do, it reminds me of your courtship. Yeah, I can see that. Just from a, 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 you know, third wheels perspective, their relationship, they have fun, they play. Yeah. And you and Randy have always played together. We've always been friends. So we've always just played and been silly. But that's just a little bit of our personality. But the same with Aaron and Bennett. They're both fun and silly. So that works out. You uh, mentioned the part of my story where I talk about uh, the girls really enjoying hearing you three sisters (laughs) tell (laughs) tell stories. And they're imagining, I suppose, someday the three of them will be telling them different too. (laughs) I'm sure they have not thought that far in advance. I think they just enjoyed the fact that, you know, they had always heard your stories. And now it's like, oh, wait a minute, we're getting a little bit of a different spin on this story. And I think sometimes because we're so close in age that they think we probably just have the same perspective. But yeah, well, it's really just, you know, a matter of that. This is the story. This is how Aunt Rhonda said, this is how it goes. And so this is clearly the absolutely the way it went. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) They should remember it that way. (laughs) They probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're kind of the keeper of the stories of the Bonifield family, I think. I've always had a very good memory. And mom and I would talk about some of them when she was talking about writing a book. So maybe that reinforced it. Sure. Well, she was a storyteller, too. Yes. And I have a, a couple of great aunts were storytellers. Okay. And I do remember sitting behind a chair, listening to them tell stories to my mother, who then turned around and retold the stories when everybody was back together again. Yeah, I think those few quotes that I put in the story from your mom are quotes that you gathered and put down somewhere. Mm, I don't think so. No? I don't remember those. Okay. Yeah, because those were priceless. (laughs) much more obscure than the ones that I remember. (laughs) You know, the, 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 I'm going to tear your arm off and beat you with the bloody stump. Well, that, you know, that's (laughs) a little over the top. No, we've just heard that before. So, so already, but you know, saying, you know, if you wear red shoes. (laughs) Well, Randy always used to say that 
she would use the one with the uh, man shall not eat, live by bread alone, eat your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would take um, quotes out of the Bible and use them out of context. Definitely out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She did like to sing Love at Home to us, too. Mostly when we were arguing <laughs> and when she would get to the line about there's an angel in the house, she would point to herself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not to your dad? Uh, no, not to my dad. <laughs> He's an angel in his own way. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure. I, I think there's a story out there that's called the grumpy angel. <laughs> Hannah has always known how to handle him. And it sounds like Grace is doing real well with it, too. (laughs) Oh, he didn't save the uh, um, styrofoam dog sculpture? You you haven't seen that? (laughs) I would venture to guess it's in a closet on a shelf. I don't think he got rid of it. It was pretty big. So, uh, you know, I'll be impressed if he saved that thing. I'll have to ask him. I um, have always appreciated the bag of magazines and craft supplies and things, just not the styrofoam. (laughs) (laughs) He had to have been laughing as he was putting that in there. You think so? (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll give him, we'll give that to him. So when you guys were kids, I talk about um, him and and doing the dishes. And when I went there for the first time, I tried to help do the dishes and that was really a bad idea. When did that actually start with him? It was later um, because grandma lived with us for so long and uh, we also had chores and we took turns doing the dishes. Okay. You know, one would set the table, one would remove all the stuff and put the food away at the end of the meal. One would wash and one would dry because we didn't always have a dishwasher. Right. But when we did get a dishwasher, I think that may have been one of the things that started him down that road. (laughs) I think because if you didn't put him in right, you had to run it more than once. And he's um, thrifty. Yeah, that's that's a good word. So you don't want to run it twice. So you have to make sure you get all the dishes in or else you have to do them by hand or run it twice. And we can't have that because that wastes energy and water. Yes. Ah, yeah. I can see where that would uh, where that would begin. Yeah. So I don't think it was until we started working because we would work really late shifts. Renea was at McDonald's. Robin and I worked at Burger King. I mean, I wasn't even 16 yet. almost almost 16 when I started there. Right. When we worked summers at camp, we weren't home. So somebody picked up the chores, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But he did a lot of that stuff when he was growing up. Because his mother was allergic to soap. (laughs) Okay, really? Somehow that happened after her last baby. How are you allergic to soap? (laughs) I don't know. But my dad was 13 when his brother was born. Okay. And he did the diapers and he did the dishes because she was alert. And that's what he says. She was allergic to soap. That sounds like a story that you tell. It's like, I'm, I'm allergic to soap, so you're going to have to do these dishes. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> but, I, you know, I said to him, really? And he said she did break out into this big red rash if she had her hands in the water for too long or something. Okay. 
So there was some truth to it, whether it was a full-blown allergy or just a irritation. Well, I only met your grandmother a couple of times. I met her at our wedding, which, you know, is no place to meet anybody. And then I met her, I think, again, at your parents' retirement. And I met your other grandma at our wedding, and then I think when she turned like 102. So I didn't really, you know, know your grandparents very well. A grandma left when Randy was 10, and I think it was very hard on both of them. She struggled with letting go. She had let so many children go. She said to my mom, I can't watch them grow up anymore. Oh. Oh. And I think that was really hard because he was still young enough he could have benefited from her being around. Sure. Yet Renea was off to college. He doesn't really talk a lot about when your grandmother left. But I think, you know, I mean, Randy, you being the youngest, being the baby of all of you, he did watch all of you leave. And I think he struggled the most, I think, when Robin left because she was the last one to leave. Well, actually, Robin was the first one. Oh, maybe that's it. Because she was the first one to go. Yeah. Well, Renea stayed behind in Wichita, but she came back. Okay. So maybe, and she came back about the same time as Robin left. I see. And she and I both were uh, really busy because of college and working. Both of us worked almost full time. Yeah. I remember Robin telling me that he called her. And told her that he wished she would come home because (laughs) nobody was paying any attention to him. But Robin would and he knew she would. Yeah. And she called mom and asked if she should come home. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard that story. It's got to be hard to be the baby and get all this attention and then everybody leaves you. Yeah. And, you know, as far as grandma was concerned, Randy could do no wrong. (laughs) I don't think she was... uh, definitely favorites of anybody before that. But yeah, Randy was, Randy was a gift because um, mom didn't really get to enjoy the four of us the way she got to enjoy Randy because he was separate sort of. Right. You guys were probably a little bit of a help to her when Randy came along. Well, and we played with him when, um, you know, distracted him when she was needing to do something or I think we were there when he had many of his most memorable things, too. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I mean, I've heard the story of the Christian Cowboy song and uh, the infamous lighting of the house on fire. Well, he also trained our poodle, Pierre, yeah, to go outside because mom told him that was his job. I believe he was four. Oh, really? And um, we all went to school and somebody needed to make sure that poor little dog got out. And so every so many hours, she would say to him, it's time to take the dog out again, Randy. So he would take the dog out. (laughs) And he was very quickly trained. That's funny. Well, I think you have mom down pat. Her sense of humor, her um, she was very, very outgoing and really was the easy person to talk to. What I miss the most about her is coming home and sitting down and talking through an issue. Yeah. I, that was something that I just really remember about her was she was so 
so easy to talk to. But I, you know, I'm not surprised because that's one of the reasons that I fell in love with Randy because he was just so easy to talk to and to be with. And I feel like, you know, he obviously got that from your mother. Yeah, I think so. But she was no uh, pushover either, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, she wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least, right? Mom knew how to be the straw boss, the foreman. She she knew how to motivate others to do good work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But if you were to ask me who was the neatnik in the family, it would not have been my mother. No. It would have been my father. Yeah, well, um, the whole time I've ever known the family, he's been the cook and the dishwasher. He did all of that. But I suspect that was not always the case. That's interesting because you say that he started doing most of that kind of thing when they lived in Chicago, which is. Yeah, which is when I sort of came into the picture. Yeah. I mean, I knew Randy longer than that, but that's when I started to meet your family. and When they were technically empty nesters. Yeah. I mean, they had some of us coming back and forth and whatever, but technically empty nesters. Yeah. He told me that he asked her on the way home from work one time what she took out for dinner. And she said, I don't know. I didn't take anything out. What would you like? (laughs) And they'd have to stop at the grocery store on the way home because there was nothing defrosted. (laughs) (laughs) And he got tired of that. So he would take things out and he'd ask her what she's going to do with it. And she said, you took it out. What were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) She's she was brilliant. She knew what she was doing all along. She was very brilliant. (laughs) She was not in just that way. She was brilliant in many ways. Yes. It was hard to watch her go downhill many years before she really started to slip into dementia. I just remember saying to Randy, you know, there was just something about your mom tonight that just didn't seem right. You know, it just started so slow. Yeah. she, She got quiet and didn't participate as much in the conversations which was a real big hint something was wrong. Right. Yeah, because she was always right there with a a quick comeback or a story of her own. And the laughter. I mean, your mom's laugh was great. And it's interesting when you talk about perspectives again. Randy's made some comments about how that's the grandmother Grace remembers. Yeah, it is. But it's not the one her cousins or even her older sisters remember. Aaron and Hannah both kind of got a little bit of grandma in all her glory. But for most part, that is the grandma they remember as well, because that's when they were older. And you just sort of remember the most recent, unless you have a lot of history behind you. They do sort of feel bad about it when they hear us talk about your mom and just talk about how wonderful and fun she was. I never saw that. I didn't really get to see that part of her. Yeah, or just weren't old enough to remember it. Yeah, I have some video, a little bit of video with her when they were babies, you know, and that's fun. But they don't remember. It's too bad. But here's the thing. They didn't get to see how amazing their grandma was, what a strong woman she was, how kind she was. and But um, they see that in you guys, in their three aunts. All three of you, I think, have some of the best parts of your mom, you get to carry that on a little bit. If they don't know it, they also see it in their dad. 
Definitely. There's a lot of your mother in Randy. The creativity, the, and she was so encouraging. She really was. I do remember her sitting with him at the piano and she, for hours, she would sit with him and sing songs so he Mm -hmm. could practice playing at the speed the congregation would need instead of at his own speed or whatever. Right. I think that's probably why some of his playing by ear came to him so naturally. Sure. I do remember as he was learning him asking somebody to sing something for him and then he would play it. Well, he talks about taking piano lessons that you guys all took piano lessons. (laughs) And he would be like, I bet you can't play it. And then he would, of course, go to one of you guys to play it. And then he would just play it by ear. That way he didn't have to bother with reading the music. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes um, our laziness helps us develop other traits, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it's not laziness. It's (laughs) <laughs> there was no, I, something else. I, I think we can call it what it was. He just didn't want to have to work hard at yeah. reading that music. <laughs> it was easier. Yeah, it's just way easier to make you read the music and you'll play it. I'll just listen to it and then I'll be able to play it. And I don't have to bother with reading that music. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in Wichita, I do remember by that time, my parents had collected instruments. Over the years, they both had cornets. They had grandma's accordion. There were ukuleles (laughs) and mom had the Hawaiian guitar. And Randy would go down in the basement and get them out of the storage area and just play them until he felt like he played them well. That sounds about right. I think that's really where he started just noodling around until he could figure out how to play something. Yeah, he would have been six when we moved there. So he had an early start. He might have been eight when he was opening all of the different cases and trying them all. There's the lesson is just to have many musical instruments available for your child to fiddle with and let them sort of find their way, I guess. I'm surprised, though, that he picked up the accordion because that wouldn't have been something that would have been cool. Hey, we we have an accordion here at our house and he will occasionally pull it out and play it. <laughs> well, your family is always a lots of fun, lots of fun and lots of love. And I've been very thankful to be a part of it. You guys are not shy in showing love and affection. And I think that's That's wonderful about your family and about your household. And dad would give credit to mom for that too. I love the way he talks about your mother and how clearly he loved her and, um, and how he gives her credit for everything, you know, Oh, that was your mother or that was your mother. And I think that's just wonderful. I love to see that. Your house is always full of uh, conversation and, loud my girls will be like oh it's loud it's loud at grandpa's house we had this thanksgiving hannah had some friends come to dinner with us and she you know before they got there she's like it gets kind of loud it'll get loud there (laughs) (laughs) but it's always lots of fun (laughs) 
This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogieland Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Remember to subscribe, and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username On Carlson Drive. And be sure to visit our website at OnCarlsonDrive.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, thank you for listening to On Carlson Drive.